Welcome to the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd, Pelham, Alabama podcast. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, make us children. Make us your children, Lord, and receive us. Place us upon your knee. And Lord, open up our hearts and our minds to learn what you are telling the twelve. That if we truly wish to be first, we must be last and servant of all. Just as you, Lord, came to serve us. We await you, Lord Jesus. Come now, Lord Jesus, our precious King and Savior. In your name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. We continue in James in chapter 3. And in this sermon series about wisdom in an age of deception, I bring us again to the scriptures because words have meaning. They carry weight. They possess the sum of our thoughts and the overflow of our heart. They have power, like the power of a sword piercing the heart and the strength of a wild bear defending her yarn. And what you do with your words will be judged in eternity, for there's no such thing as an idle word. Our Lord Jesus warns us Himself that we shall give an account for every careless word that we utter. Yet we choose our words as though they have no consequence. We speak and are quick to do so before we listen and think. We use our words like a raging bull in a china shop with much of the same destruction in our own lives and the lives of others. Why do we profess with our words that we love God and then we yet curse Him with the same mouth? Why do we claim to love Him and yet we hate our neighbor with the same tongue? How is it that teachers of the Word of God deny Him by His own words? We shall be judged by our tongues because how we use them is truly the overflow of what is in our hearts. Stub your toe and see what comes out. Someone cuts you off and what do you confess? When the room is empty except for your closest friend, what do you say behind someone's back? What are the secret thoughts of your heart and your mind that only God knows? Christians, we have been given new hearts, filled with a new spirit, hearts of flesh and not hearts of stone. And the words of our mouth should overflow with love, not with vile venom rooted in our sin. We are called to speak life, not to speak death. We should pour forth with a truth bubbling up in a spring from our new hearts that have been gifted to us, not lies and deceits from the poisoned well of the old Adam. And St. James, he's not bringing up the torturous affair of our tongues in order to moralize us, to make bad people into good people. No, 
He's doing this to convict us of our sin and of our lying to ourselves about our reliance upon Christ Jesus. For if you confess that Jesus is Lord, you do well. But if he is your Lord, if he is your master, he must be the Lord and the master and the king of your life, of your heart, of your mind, and yes, your tongue. For the test of one's heart and the test of one's faith is found in how we speak to one another and to God. So heed the words of St. James when he says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. It's the counter to the way of the world, which tells us to be quick to speak, fast to post online, and short to react to what another says. But creature, slow your speech. Be still, and creature, know thy creator. Listen, listen. For the Lord God, who spake the cosmos into existence by his word, his living word, is speaking to us here and now. He's telling us to rest in his wisdom, the bosom of his only begotten son, who died and rose for us. And the importance of our words, it carries not upon only upon how we treat one another, on how we love our neighbor, but also as to what we say about God and who we say that he is. Our words will be judged by the living word of God. So what you have to say about the word of God is important, especially for those who are teachers in the church. Choose them carefully, you who teach the word of God. And do not rush into becoming a teacher of the church. For James warns us that indeed we shall receive a stricter judgment. Indeed as we should. I fear there's many wolves who are wearing sheep's clothing, who are tending to the flock of God and secretly are selling them to the butcher. Or even worse, we followers of Jesus don't appreciate the unmerited mercy of God the Father that He showered through us by the blood of His Son. And we're far too quick to ignore, to write away the very clearly written word of the Lord due to our own personal conveniences, our own personal comforts to what we desire. We feed ourselves far too often with lies instead of the bread of life, the Word of God. In church, we live in an age in which we're more educated than ever. Our literacy rate is the highest in recorded history. We have access to the entirety of scriptures at our fingertips for free. And yet, we have ministers and laity alike who are wholly ignorant of the Holy Word of God. Or worse, what we see is those who call what is good in the eyes of God evil. And call what is evil in the written word of God good. This age of deception that we live in, it's produced false teachers. False teachers who preach fear over faith. Who preach worldliness over the word. Sacrilege over surrender. And comfort 
over crucifixion. And we are all called to walk the way of our Lord. To carry our cross. We see this today. When defiance to the word of God. We see celebrity preachers. Or your average preacher. In the pulpit. Who preach to attract and deceive. Maybe dozens. Maybe hundreds. Maybe thousands. On a false teaching that God will give you what you want. You just need to name it and claim it. Or pray harder. Or believe harder. And then you'll get it. But these false teachers, they teach there's no suffering for his servants. Despite what Job, what David, what Paul, and yes, what even the Lord Jesus tells us. If they persecute the master, they will persecute the servants, his disciples. But in rebellion to the Lord's teaching, we see entire churches blessing sexual relationships that are forbidden. We see the church relax. And it's condemnation of sins like gluttony, covetousness, and envy. Because to be frank, those sins touch too closely to the American dream and to what we want. And we see this hand-wringing and a false sense of unity from ministers and even overseers of the church who decide to ordain homosexual or women bishops as though the word of God was somehow silent on how his body, the church, will be governed. It's easy to white out the parts of Scripture that we don't like. But that doesn't make the Holy Word of God any less than the Word of God. Our faith is not a faith of comfort. It's not a faith of convenience. It's not a faith of my will be done. But as we pray to God, thy will be done. And if the Holy Scriptures are true, as we confess they are, then contravening them, ignoring them, disrespecting them, is disrespecting the written word of the Creator. And that is never a secondary issue. No matter if our feelings, if an angel from heaven, or even an archbishop says otherwise. The word of the Lord is the word of the Lord. And yes, it's more comfortable to preach to our human sinful hearts. It's easier to speak lies and to speak deception than to teach the plain written word of God. We live in an age where it's easier to deceive churches, despite the great access we have to the Holy Scriptures right at our fingertips. And if that's not the spirit of Antichrist, then frankly, I don't know what is. But I took an oath. To, quote, banish and drive away from the body of Christ all erroneous and strange doctrine contrary to God's word. And I will be judged by that. Serving as a teacher in the church. But let's be frank and let's be honest for a moment. Preaching the word of God can be hard. Living the word of God is hard. Being examined by the word of God is difficult. There are things we don't like. In the holy written word of God. Because it convicts us of our sin. That's why we are called to confess our sin. And receive that glorious gospel. That sweet and simple good news. That Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. And he gives us his spirit in our flesh. So that we may be made new. My feelings about the word of God. About what I like and what I don't like. 
and the world's opinion of God and his world, be damned. Or else I will be damned for speaking against what he has given to us. The faith once delivered from the saints. When you stand before the living truth of God Almighty, then you bow down to him. You don't correct him. You don't change his mind. You correct yourself. You repent. And then he raises you up on eagle's wings with the word of God living within you and makes you new. Do you believe that, church? Do you trust that? Because St. Jude admonishes us, all of us, clergy and laity alike, when he tells us to contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. And the words of Moses, Isaiah, St. Paul, and St. Peter, they call to us here and now with the same two words, stand firm. Stand firm. But our deceitful and our wicked hearts, we'd rather reconcile our sins and belonging to the Lord somehow. But St. James cries out to us today, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Yes, the word of God convicts us. Yes, his ways are not our ways. But that is why he became one of us, to make us like him. He is the way, and we are called to follow him as the only way to life, to true life, for he is the only truth, and all others is false. So do not follow the way that seems right to our sinful hearts, but as indeed is the deceptive way towards death, the way the world is leading us into. It's certainly easier to live on neutral, to live on default, to live life without the Word of God. Yes, it is easier to live that way, to live in the natural old Adam ways of your sins. But if you want to truly live, you need the living Word of God, the living spring, the living waters coming from that rock of salvation, Jesus Christ. Yes, it is easier to preach self-help sermons, to tell good stories and jokes. But is that the duty of the minister of the word of God? No. Making friends with death is no hard task. It comes natural for us. But you have tasted the Lord and you know that he is good. You've been washed with the waters, the renewed waters of regeneration. You have been gifted with the Holy Spirit. And by faith you have been saved to serve. Not to be the greatest, but to serve our neighbors, by our deeds, and by the words that flow from our mouths. And so heed St. James' warning. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So reject such a deadly friendship with the world and cling to the spirit that dwells within you, that's jealously yearning for your faithfulness, that's fighting for you. It's Christ himself, our great high priest, prays for us and has offered that once and for all sacrifice for us to be united to him. Abandon your pride and ask in faith for the grace that God gives the humble. Make yourself humble to receive the grace that you desperately need. 
that we desperately, each one of us, need. And pray, not for possessions and for pleasures of this life, but instead ask for the wisdom of God, the knowledge of His eternal Son, and He will give you peace, peace that this world can never provide, nor take away from you. What does James tell us? The wisdom that's from above is first pure. It's peaceable. It's gentle. It's willing to yield. It's full of mercy and good fruits. Without partiality and without hypocrisy. Pray for that spirit of peace. Pray for that wisdom from God Almighty. And heed the words of the prophet Isaiah. This word of God for the people. Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to your mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring from the end, the beginning. And from the ancient times, things not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand. And I will accomplish my purpose. Calling a bird of prey from the east. The man of my counsel from a far country. I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. Listen to me, you stubborn of heart. You who are far from righteousness. I bring near my righteousness. It is not far off, and my salvation will not delay. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd, Pelham, Alabama podcast. We hope that you visit us in person. We have Sunday worship uh, every Sunday at 1030 in the morning. And you can visit us on our website at www.goodshepherdacna.com or visit us on Facebook at Good Shepherd ACNA. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, please like, subscribe, and rate the podcast. It not only makes us feel better, but more importantly, it helps those who are searching for Anglican podcasts find podcasts like this one and other ones that are out there on the web. Thank you, God bless, and have a good one. The Lord be with you, and with thy spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks unto our Lord God. It is meet and right so to do.